Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the Osmo Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you once again with Terry McBride. That's T McBee out there in the Osmo land. First off, apologies for screwing up the ads yesterday. There will not be ads every three minutes today, I promise you. Uh, somehow I clicked the wrong setting, Terry, and and I don't think they were the fast forward kind either. Oh, yikes. Yeah. That's never fun. Completely I that though. I listened back. I listened back. I didn't hit a bunch of commercials, though. I was on YouTube. I'm not sure. It's because I went in and I saw comments, so I tried to fix it. But there was a couple people that had already commented that this sucks. Why are there ads? And I could see the little yellow lines, how it indicates where there's an ad. I'm like, oh, this doesn't look good. So (laughs) not sure where that came into, but we won't let that. We'll try not to let that happen again. There'll be one at the beginning. We have to have that one. But then the rest of them were okay. Otherwise, you've got to keep the lights on. Exactly. You'll hear me giving ads about our sponsors and different things we can do, but we'll try to avoid you guys having to sit through a bunch of ads on the YouTube. But you can always follow us on any of your podcast streams and then you won't get those. And the other key thing is we have now broken out our channel. So what used to be the main is now NBA. And then each of our sports now has a new channel. So all you have to do if you just want to resubscribe to the Osmo MLB is you just go into whatever your provider is, type in Osmo space MLB, and it'll bring it up. And then you just subscribe to that, and it's perfectly fine. Same thing I did. All right, we are all over the place on our slates here, so we're going to kind of meander our way through. We have a, just a, a veritable mess. So DraftKings is going with the 6 o'clock main slate. FanDuel and Yahoo are going with the 7 o'clock main slate. That's just five games so DraftKings let's see has one two three four five six so that'll give them what seven games yeah. I think if I'm counting so, correctly yeah. assuming nobody gets rained out a little bit of weather uh, here and there just keep an eye on literally everything but we'll talk a little bit about pitching here and our first game is going to be on the all-day slates of which FanDuel and Yahoo have We've got Kenta Maeda in Pittsburgh wrapping up the series going against JT Brubaker. I literally know nothing about JT Brubaker. He's 5,600. We're well-versed with Kenta Maeda. He is a a fine pitching option, a nice matchup for him going against Pittsburgh, and he doesn't have Dave Roberts behind him ready to pull him after 68 pitches. What do you want to do with the game that is only going to be on the all-day slates? I think getting some meta in your life here could be a good spot. You know, it's not a great lineup going against him. Uh, you know, decent strikeout pitcher, not an ace by any means, but certainly somebody that could put up a good start against this Pirates lineup. Uh, he's, we've seen uh, two good starts from him already. He's uh, in his career, he's a 32% strikeout against right-handed hitters. So you really want to target, you know, he's a guy who can really go after a couple of these righty bats. They do have a good amount of left-handed hitters and switch hitters in that lineup. So it's not going to be as relevant tomorrow. But there are a couple right-handed hitters that are probably going to be holes in that lineup for him. Gives up a little bit more power to the right side, so we want to be careful with it. But it's a spot that I like. I think he can do well here for us. Uh, JT Brubaker, I'm going to join you. Uh, He's uh, not a guy I know a ton about. This is his first career start. Good numbers out of the pen over four innings so far, uh, or five innings so far, rather. Struck out 35% of the very few hitters he's seen. So I don't believe that he's stretched out. I don't think we're going to see a lot of length out of him here. Yeah, uh, two, so it's not really a consideration for me as a starter. Two appearances, he's gone five total innings, seven strikeouts, uh, and he's uh, replacing Mitch Keller. Who right, is and this injured. would have been, yeah, Mitch is a guy I really like, but uh, we saw him go down with an injury the other day. So, yeah, it would have been a better spot for Keller, not a spot I'm going to be getting much Brubaker. And uh, honestly, the Twins just glancing at the power numbers. We don't always only want to go by that, but uh, getting some very nice-looking power numbers from the Twins tomorrow. So could be a good spot for those bats. All right, on to the next one here. Again, this is just going to be on the all-day slate, but it would not shock me if we see some two-game slates or even an afternoon slate cropping up with the two 3 o'clock games and two 4 o'clock games. 
So we'll have to find out. Those have not yet spawned yet. Uh, it looks just like the main sites have gone on most sites, but we do have the all day pricing. So we'll be referring to that. Most of the sites continue um, with the, the similar or the same pricing on the early uh, and late slates and the all day slates just for consistency. So we should be good from that front. So this is Coors Field. So if you want your last shot at Coors Field for a few days, uh, this will be your chance to take it. It's gonna be 90 degrees at first pitch. We do know that Kyle Freeland will be going for the Giants. He had a good outing in his last one. I wanna say at one point he was like six scoreless innings, Terry, uh, or something along those lines. Remember, this is the guy that in six minor league starts last year, he got sent down to the minors with a, a six and a half ERA managed to pitch six starts with an 8.8 .8 ERA in the minors. Got worse, and they just said, F it, we're bringing him back up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we go. And his, his 2017 and 18 seasons in uh, Coors Field, he had around a four ERA. So he, he had done very, very well up until last year. So who knows what's going to happen, but he's going to be going against uh, the Giants here. We could get a slightly watered-down lineup day game after a night game but of course we still have the dh um would you consider kyle freeland at all i i wish it was that old kyle freeland that we knew we could kind of trust in cores at least as far as cores pitchers go um based on last year it's it's a little tough to trust but yeah i'll probably roll some out if i was playing that all day slate you know maybe one of your uh you know your five to ten percent type guys on uh, DraftKings. see if you can pick up a little edge there it's not a spot that I love, you know, career. He's an 18% strikeout guy, four, five, six X fit for his career, more strikeouts against left-handed hitters, gives up a lot more power to righties, one, two, two uh, home run per nine against right-handers for his career. So not the greatest spot in the world, but like you said, diminished lineup, most likely not the greatest lineup in the world to begin with, but we could definitely see an older guy uh, like a Brandon belt, take a seat here. Uh, so Brandon Crawford as well, just sit all the Brandons. Um, so you never know. Uh, it could be a spot to go to on, uh, on DraftKings. Other side of it, Anderson, uh, not really a fan. Uh, gives up uh, one five nine uh, home runs to lefties, one four nine for his career uh, home runs per nine to right-handers. So just a, a guy you can absolutely get to. Four five three fit for his career, twenty one percent strikeouts. Doesn't yield a ton of walks around league average in walks, uh, but you know, guy who's going to be giving up some opportunities here and is prone to giving up the long ball. So I think that's a spot we can target with some of these Rockies bats for sure. All right. Uh, I, DraftKings just put up their slate. They're going with uh, a three-gamer at San Francisco, Colorado, Texas, at Oakland, and uh, the Angels at Seattle. So we have to take two of the six pitchers. I don't mind Freeland at 7,200. Again, this is one where, hey, maybe he can survive for a little bit. Um, first, you know, the last outing, it was six scoreless, four strikeouts. We're not going to get a lot of strikeouts from him. And then the game before that was in Texas. Roof closed. Remember, it's not the same Texas that uh, stadium that it used to be. Um, but he gave up one home run, two runs total, uh, five strikeouts. If he can scuffle along, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, maybe he gets five innings, and if he gives up three runs, I'll live with it. Because some of these other pitchers on here, I don't know exactly what we're going to get. It looks like. Uh, sorry, I was trying to look it up. Did you mention Tyler Anderson? It looks like he might be the starter for Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's who I had, and uh, yeah, I, I went through them a little bit. Okay, so it's, uh, I was yeah. scrambling trying to find it, and then I found the one site that had it. Yeah, you already had it, and we're talking about it, and I wasn't listening. So my apologies. My <laughs> that's apologies. who came down with Fangraphs. It's you know, it's it's hopefully uh, it's hopefully who we're getting here. So disregard that if it's somebody else out there. But uh, I think that's who we're saying more. All right, our next game here, Texas at Oakland, wrapping up that series. We've got the Mikes, Mike Miner, going against Mike Fires. Mike Miner, kind of interesting here. Uh, he will be going against an incredibly right-handed heavy lineup. That part's a little tough. He's had one good start. That was against Colorado and Texas. He went uh, five innings, six strikeouts, one sketchy start. Of course, that was in San Francisco because why not? Apparently, San Francisco literally is more of a hitting park this year. We need to be a little bit careful. We'll talk about that the next time they're on the slate. Uh, but he went five and two-thirds innings, gave up one home run, but six earned runs. Um, basically everybody that made it on base seemingly scored. He had nine hits allowed, two walks, uh, just three strikeouts. So but he threw 98 pitches in both of those. That number's okay. Little tough going against Oakland with all the righties. Mike Fires, on the other hand, he's 8,100 on DK. He has gone 79 and 64 pitches uh, in his two starts. I think if I had to lean to one, I'd probably go with Fires only because it's uh, not the dominant platoon set up for him but i'm not really excited about either of these guys 
I, yeah, let me I, let me frame it. I would take Freeland over both of these guys as one of my two pitchers. Okay. All right. On a limited three-game slate, I can see that for sure because I think more people will probably be leaning into these two guys, so you're going to gain some some edge yep. there. So that makes some sense. Um, I don't love either guy uh, here either. I, I you know I kind of agree with you uh, with your take there. It's not really a great spot for Miner with all that right-handed power. I'm getting decent home run marks uh, for the A's here, so not a spot I love for him. Um, he could make his way through. There are a decent amount of strikeouts in this spot. He's an okay strikeout pitcher. Uh, he's 21-7, so actually a little below league average, but he's good XFIP for his career, 409 XFIP. So he's a guy who knows how to work his way through a tough challenge. I'll have a little, but he doesn't project that great. Um, you know, again, on a small three-game slate, you can get to some. Check out where the ownership is and make a decision about whether I want to be above or below that mark and go with it because that's really the kind of position you're going to be in on a short slate. Fires um, is probably the guy I would lean into, like you said, a little bit just based on matchup. I like the A's lineup a little bit better than I like the Rangers lineup. There is some lefty pop in this lineup against him. Uh, he's another guy. He's only around 20% career strikeout, so not a great strikeout option, but a guy who could give us enough length, could give us enough, a nice enough score here, uh, particularly on the two-pitcher two side. All right, and wrapping it up, we've got an interesting choice here. DraftKings has given us a steal of a price point. Our mileage may vary, but Taiwan Walker is at 5,800. He is going against the Angels. Uh, again, one, it's getaway day, so this will be 1 p.m. Uh, Seattle time, and they are playing again tonight. So again, day game after night game. Just point that out and see, you know, wouldn't shock me if Pools doesn't play. Maybe Trout gets the night off. Uh, you know, maybe it's Rendon. Who knows? But Taiwan Walker has been, um, he started out with the, the Mariners. He was with them for four seasons, had strikeout upside, never put it all together. Got, uh, he was part of the Ketel Marte trade to Arizona, and I'm blanking so. on who they brought back for the Mariners. In any event, yeah. he uh, pitched or started 28 games that first year for Arizona, and then three the next year and one the following year. Tommy John surgery. So totally just destroyed uh, almost the better part of two years there. So he's this will be his seventh start since 2018. I point this out because I was ready to stack against him. Hey, I even recommended it in his last start, Terry, uh, going against Oakland. He managed to go seven innings. He had eight strikeouts, two walks, one hit allowed, 94 pitches. Phenomenal outing. Now, I don't know that we get that again, but I liked seeing the 94. I like seeing the $58,000 price point. That enough for me is to have him be one of my probably three pitchers I would use on the site. And I already said Freeland's one of the others because then I'm one any bat I, I can get my hands on. And then we'll talk about uh, Dylan Bundy on the other side. But what do you want to do with Walker here? I mean, that's that's a price point where I don't think you can walk away from it. Just even if you got 75 pitches with, with his kind of upside um, with, you know, a strikeout per, you know, like five strikeouts or something like that at that price, it'd be well worth it. Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's a good spot at that price. I think that's a good call. Uh, he does have that strikeout upside. I was really, really happy to see the 90 some odd pitches the, the last time out. That's a great sign for a kid coming back after missing two years with TJ. Uh, so, you know, really, really strong uh, outing that time. If we can get any kind of similar pitch count, I think it's worth buying into. Like we've discussed a bunch of times, a lot of this year, especially on the two starter site is just going to be buying pitch count and hoping that you're getting through. So yeah, I think he could give us that kind of an option. And he has upside. Uh, there's definitely strikeout upside in this lineup, particularly Albert Pujols isn't Albert Pujols anymore, but you get a guy like that out of the lineup. It's a power threat that does come out of the lineup. Even though he's not who he once was, you're going to be getting a bit of a downgrade in the, if they swap him out. I would probably expect Trout to go with the recent days off, but you never know day game after a night game player like that you want to protect him. So there's definitely going to be some spots in this lineup that he's going to be able to exploit. Um, and then you get to, you know, there's guys like Castro or 30% strikeout guy. Upton is a 30% strikeout guy. So take a look who's in the lineup and make a decision on how heavy you want to get into it. But yeah, it's a spot I can get behind. Yeah. And the only reason I say try, I should, should have finished that, that thought, they're flying from Seattle to Texas. So long flight, you know, true, he, true. He, he just caught up with the team after the birth of his uh, first child, et cetera. So who knows? Um, but just wanted to point that out. Um, here's the, the Mariners trade. It was uh, Taiwan Walker and Cattell Marte for Gene Segura, Mitch Hanniger, and Zach Curtis. 
Well, Mitch Haniger was great, but he's been hurt for the better part of yeah. the last three years. Segura now no longer with the team. He's off in uh, in Philly, Philly and right? I can't remember who Zach Curtis is. So let's see, is yeah, he still not a good in the league? Zach <laughs> Curtis last pitch in, pitched in any level of baseball in 2018. Um, mm. He had a nine four five ERA with Texas in six point two innings. He has thirty eight career innings in the pigs over wow. five seasons. That Sorry. sounds oh, like no, the that's definition of a player teams, to be right? named later to me. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. So, well, so I think that even though they got Taiwan Walker back in the long run, I think the D-backs still won that trade. I think they did. I think that's they did. Um, but Dylan Bundy, 9,300. Now, that's why I said I was kind of going with these other two cheaper pitchers because then now we got to get hitters too. So if I'm going to recommend Bundy, i got to have a way that I'm going to have him comfortably in my main lineups, and that's how that works. Um, he's gone 90 pitches in each of his, his starts. Uh, he, he faced the Mariners in his last start, eight strikeouts. We talked a little bit about him yesterday before we found, because we didn't find out Julio Tehran was coming off the COVID list um, until earlier on Wednesday here. But I'm okay with this matchup for Bundy. Again, we've seen it before. If I can get 90 pitches, 9,300 against a a plucky Mariners lineup, but I don't know what kind <laughs> of talent they have uh, per se. And I'm a lifelong Mariners fan. Actually, I don't know that I've told you this. I went to the very first Mariners game with my dad really? 1977 uh and i went there i still have my little sign certificate and we got to go out and, and run around on the bases in the kingdom that was the oh, year so cool yeah that was the year the uh uh seahawks also came into uh the league so that oh, was wow. the, yeah they built the the kingdom there so i didn't know really know life before those sports teams so it's kind of funny to me they were always there but that happened <laughs> to be their first year and i was in uh First, maybe maybe second grade at that point in time, but yeah. So I, my uh, our family car was a V Dub Bug, nineteen sixty eight V Dub Bug, and my dad and, and three of his buddies from work were going, and one of them got sick, and the other two were like, "Hey, hey, let's take your son, let's take your son," because they figured whoever would sit in the back would sit with me, and they'd have more room rather than another full size <laughs> <Yeah>. adult. <laughs> so that's how I got that's to go to the game. Exactly. So they came by, picked me up at school, and I was like, what? This is weird. You can leave school before the bell rings? How does this work? So it was <laughs> yeah. a very fun day. I have very fond memories of that day. So That sounds like a fantastic yeah. day. Yeah. You can leave school early and go see a baseball game? Yeah. Man. And I didn't really know what it was because we were driving to Seattle, which is 150 miles away. So it was <laughs> a big day. Very but anyway, cool. Dylan Bundy. What do you got for Dylan Bundy here? Yeah, I liked him a lot yesterday, and I like him a lot to, tomorrow. I think it's a great spot for him. Plenty of strikeouts available in this lineup. You know, everybody in this lineup is around 22% uh, or higher. Uh, emerging rookie like Kyle Lewis is still projected for around 30% strikeouts. So a lot, a lot of strikeouts available. Uh, a little bit vulnerable to some of the lefty power, but I'm really not going to sweat it too much. You know, we could see a Kyle Seager go off here. We could see a Vogelbach get into him, but not something I'm going to sweat. I'm more focused on the Bundy upside. Price is 9,200 on FanDuel. It's it's probably landing on the high side a little bit for what he is right now, but I think they're speculating on some upside there, and I think I'm doing the same. Uh, you know, he's got his strikeouts pumped up uh, over his two starts that you mentioned, 30%. Walks are down a little bit. We saw some of that trending in the end of last year before he came over to the Angels. So I like the spot, and it's a, it's a lineup I think I'm going to be targeting most of the year, you know, just with pitching against this Mariners lineup. So definitely a spot I'm going to be getting to. All right, we are moving on to the 6 o'clock games. This is the start of the DraftKings main slate. Again, FanDuel, this is their all-day slate. I'm sure they'll put up a short slate, uh, but their main slate's going to start at 7. So these two games are, at the moment, exclusively on DraftKings for what we have now um, with our interest. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Reds and Indians and FanDuel pricing just because they will be on the all-day slate and they've got two good pitchers. But Jordan Montgomery will be going against Zach Eflin, and the Phillies. Um, we've seen both of these teams have some days off because of uh, pandemic-related uh, issues. We'll have to see what happens here. I'm assuming everything is a full go, but so many of the schedules are so wonky, it's hard to tell for sure. So I'm going off DraftKings. If they've pulled them in the player pool, it's almost assuredly that they're going to go until they don't. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just assume they're in here. We've got Montgomery at 7,800, Eflin at 6,900. Um, Eflin has not made a start yet this year. He was dealing with a sore back or back spasms, and he he was uh, 
was not utilized yet. Montgomery has made one appearance. It was uh, last week uh, on the 31st. He went five and two-thirds innings, 81 pitches, four strikeouts, nine ground balls. Uh, that was against Boston. So he had a that's a, what I would call a nice outing against Boston. But what would you like to do with either of these guys on our DraftKings slate? So on DraftKings, as second starters, they're probably playable on the lower percentage side. I think you can get to a little bit of either of them, but it's against two very, very dangerous lineups. Um, you know, I don't love all the right-handed power and uh, the right-handed quality that the Phillies can throw at Jordan Montgomery. He's a league average-ish kind of a pitcher when it comes to strikeouts and walks. It's nice to see him back in the Yankees rotation as a Yankee fan. I'm glad he's back here. Uh, you know, I think we could use the lefty arm, uh, you know, the quality they can put up in the back of that rotation. But it's not a great DFS spot, and he's not a great DFS pitcher, really. Uh, so not somebody I'm going to target in any kind of real volume on FanDuel. Uh, I've got a middling projection on uh, Montgomery, uh, around 22 uh, fantasy points on uh, FanDuel. Only 6,800 over there, so the price is okay. But there's got to be a better upside play than that. Uh, I don't think that upside play is Zach Eflin, though, on, on the blue side. So I'm probably going to really limit the amount that I look at him here there as well. This is probably more a bat spot. Uh, on DraftKings, though, like I said, I think you can get away with uh, you know some of the low ownership exposures uh, and, and play both of these guys a little bit. Don't go nuts. Do you think uh, the Yankees are going to be on your short list for stacks going against Eflin? Probably. I am seeing, uh, let's see. Yeah, they're getting pretty good to power metrics, and the top of that lineup is uh, is pretty green in my conditional formatting here. So I will probably have uh, some Yankee stacks. Price-wise, there's still some savings in here. <laughs> Looking at that's got to be a mistake. Glaber Torres is 2,900 on FanDuel. Glaber Torres is 2,900 on FanDuel. Mash him into your lineups. Um, that's Fanduel. insane. Uh, Aaron Hicks is 2,700. Luke Voigt, 31. Gary Sanchez, 28. Uh, yeah, the Yankees are at discount tomorrow, except for the two big bats. Even Stanton is only 4K. They're going to be in a lot of my lineups. All right, I'm just double Torres. Yep, 2,900. I actually opened up the FanDuel contest. So it's not some API error going to that's the other exactly. sites that collect all this information for us. Wow. Yeah, that's totally bananas. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, on the other side here, I wanted to take the moment to look up uh, the two-year numbers for the Yankees against righties. So Eflin, uh, serious issues against lefties. Yankees, of course, have a few, Hicks being the obvi obvious one. Tauschman, Brent Gardner, I, I mean, we saw, Mike Ford. Yeah, we saw Ford batting fifth uh, tonight on Wednesday. So yeah, he, could, like yeah, he could be in the mix there. All of a sudden, you're going against uh, Eflin, who uh, uh, last year, or probably over the last two years, has a 230 ISO against lefties in a 360 well but 19% strikeout rate but nearly a double digit walk rate and then the those Yankees lefties against righties um, all are above 200 for isolated power even Brett Gardner so th that means there's some good pop in their bat now isolated power doesn't mean home runs it's it's extra base hits minus mm -hmm. you know hit, hits so it just tells you you know how how many additional bases you advanced um, on that so we like 200 that's kind of elite 180 is about where you want to be um, and then you get those sickos like uh, uh, Tre Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado that have like 350 isolated power against lefties in Coors Field kind of things where you're like okay they're like a demigod or something like that um, <laughs> they're the twin Thors shall we say I'm watching the Avengers we just uh, I turned it off tonight where Hulk punched Thor. That caught us off guard. I didn't expect Oh, that. in the, uh, at, in at the uh, end Grand of Central fight. Station? Yeah, I just kind of <laughs> yeah. turned it, poked him one, and yeah. started laughing. And that's where we paused it. We're like, oh! Because <laughs> my wife said, oh, I think this is a good spot. Don't you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, she goes, I'll pause it. And then we were just kind of watching and waiting for it. So I'm like, wait, did he just hit it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a fun little button on that scene. Yes. That's punching out like right in the middle of the climax, though. Wow, that's we're very the yeah, dedication we're, on you, man. Well, we didn't want to wait too long because we knew there was probably about 20 minutes left, and that would have put yeah. us way late on the pod. So <laughs> I appreciate that. We will we will be watching it uh, tomorrow. Um, but in any event, uh, I think the Yankees are going to be on the short list for stacking. But as a Yankee fan, I just was was seeing how yeah, you felt. Yeah, now that. that I'm seeing those prices, and yeah, if we get some, you know, Mike Ford action, uh, maybe a Talkman in there you're probably going to be able to get different with ownership without sacrificing a tremendous amount of upside. 
So that's a stack I'm definitely going to be eyeballing tomorrow. All right. Our next one, you've got some pitching to talk about here. So we've got Carlos Carrasco, who uh, has gone 84 and 87 pitches in his two starts. He did give up three home runs in his last one. That was against the Minnesota Twins. Um, should be no real surprise there, but he has had, uh, he got five strikeouts against the Twins. A phenomenal game with 10 strikeouts against Kansas City. He's all the way up to 9,800. But um, here and on the all-day slate for FanDuel in particular, uh, there's someone that really has a good chance of getting a quality start going those six innings at least. And then we'll have to see if he can stay at three runs or less. On the other side, you have Luis Castillo. We kind of talked about him. You want to hit some highlights on this this pair of uh, aces. Yeah, pair of aces for sure. Uh, they're my two highest projected uh, starters on FanDuel for the entire day. I've just got all the games in here. So uh, both very, very strong options. Challenging lineups to go up against, but nothing that, neither, that either of these guys can't handle. Uh, we talked Castillo a little bit yesterday. You know, just a dominant starter these days, racking up the strikeouts like crazy. So definitely a guy I'm going to look at um, if as we get into – Excuse me. As we get into Carrasco, you know, it's great to see Carrasco back. Uh, gave up a couple solo home runs, which is kind of the story of Carlos Carrasco sometimes. Not a guy who is prone to the long ball, but it seems like every now and then he'll give up just a few solo home runs. I'm not sure what it is, but he's able to limit the opportunity so that those don't come with guys on base. Limits the downside a little bit sometimes. I'm not exactly sure how he manages it, but it seems to work out sometimes. So not the most scientific analysis there, but a guy that I like to get to. Um, since he come, since he's come back from uh, leukemia, which is phenomenal and great to see, uh, he's been you know pretty quality. He's a high twenties guy for his career, good walk rate for his career, only 106 uh, home runs per nine overall. So great starter guy. I'm going to target for sure. The price is high, price is high on both of these guys, but I think they're both worth it. Um, you know, and and it's probably going to keep me off of some of these bats. These are teams I like to go to, but uh, you know, in the spot, I think I'm going to stay away from these bats a little bit. All right, um, our next one. This is where where we have something crazy. I, I, rumor is you might be on the DFS uh, MLB strategy show tomorrow. Is that true? That uh, is the rumor as I hear it. Right. Apparently, the, uh, just can't get enough of me these days. I, I'm <laughs> going to say I must have ball. discovered you, right? Is that how this works? You got to go on your first show tonight with me in front of the uh, the camera. Uh, now, now you'll get – who are you paired up with? Do you know? I think it's me and Josh in the morning. Okay. Excellent. That should be a good one. Yeah, that should be a fun one to do. And uh, I'll get up early and get caffeinated and uh, get the cobwebs out of my eyes. And But, yeah, I think uh, you get all the credit for bringing me along. And uh, <laughs> my, What is it, Colonel Tom? <laughs> yeah. Oh, something Colonel like Tom that. Colonel Tom to my Elvis? Yeah, there you go. Did there I just you. compare myself to Elvis after one week? <laughs> Man, hey. getting a big head already. Sometimes it happens. Um, so <laughs> Tyler Chatwood. Now I'm not always I I can look up pitch mixes and I understand the difference and all of that. So I'm over here on Fangraphs just trying to understand what has he done different. Now he he has gone away through his first two starts from his four seam fastball. Over his career, he's thrown that thirty uh, percent basically. The last three years, thirty three, thirty four, and thirty eight, and two of those were with the Rockies. So. You know it makes sense so so that's the the normal fastball is, is the, the 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 four seam the cutter is like the two seam fastball and they just they sort of behave slightly differently and they're definitely different pitches but they call that a cutter um he has thrown that 27 percent of the time and then his slider which he uh, probably his sinker which he went up uh last year at 40 percent. he's kept that at 40 percent. so i want to point out Against Pittsburgh and Milwaukee, he has gone a grand total of 180 pitches. He has gone 12 and two-thirds innings, and here's the cherry on top, 19 strikeouts. the hell does Tyler Chatwood have 19 strikeouts? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that was going to be my line. <laughs> So, so I'm looking at this, hence I'm curious to see if you and Josh dig into this just a little bit tomorrow uh, when you have the luxury of time. But that's the first thing that popped out is, wow, he's he's gone well away from the four-seamer and he's gone to the two-seamer. Now, it's always hard. And I'm looking at fan graphs. I bet if you look at Brooks Baseball and other sites, they all classify the pitches slightly differently. When you look at these, these different sites, there is no one true source. Just like if you look at, and this one scares the hell out of me, if you look at targets, 
and routes run for the NFL, they don't match up. Like you can look at pro football focus, you can look at ESPN, you can look at Fox, you can look at CBS, you can look at some of our competitors. None of them match for the players. Which seems like football that's guys, just something that's so easy. It should just come from one place, in my opinion, targets, right? Right. So I don't know who makes the judgment calls, et cetera. So I'm just saying that would make that blows my mind that it doesn't. It doesn't shock me that pitch mixes are slightly different because if they're taking different data inputs, okay, I get I get why they're going to be slightly different because there is no official MLB classification as far as I know um, for right. this in, uh, sort of thing. So yeah, it's side by side as far as I know. Right, it's it's you. They take the picture effects data and all that other stuff. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But it looks like there's been a dramatic shift to the to to the uh, to the uh, cutter. So I don't. I'm just. I don't know what that does or doesn't do. It, it does it break against right? I'm not as good with that as Adam is and a bunch of the others. But to me, it seems something has changed. We have a lot of strikeouts. We want to be ahead of the trend. Of course. This could be the old magic trick where you yank the tablecloth and everything's supposed to stay on the table. We're going to yank it with Tyler Chatwood and everything's going to come onto our lap. Yeah, I think I might wait one more start before I put all my dishes on that table. uh, Chatwood's just not a guy I trust. You know, hey, when people change their pitch mix, you see results like this sometimes. We're going to talk about another guy later, Josh Limbaugh, who did the same thing while he was in Korea and now is a different kind of a pitcher and might have some upside. I want to see it a little bit more before I trust it from Chatwood here. Um, you know, for his career, he's a 16.8 strikeout and 11.9% walk mark. Um, he was very, very good on the road in 2019, but overall, 150 whip. That seems like a guy that's going to create opportunities for the other team, not a guy who's going to be uh, you know, sitting him down with any regularity. If the pitch mix is truly changed that much, and I'll look into it overnight and I'll see if we can come up with anything on it from Strategy Show tomorrow. Maybe you target him a little bit, but his price on FanDuel is very high he's at 9600 on FanDuel Tyler Chatwood is not a $9,600 FanDuel pitcher to me um I don't care how many guys he struck out his last two games what is he on DraftKings 98 <laughs> 98 wow oh, sorry 94 94 wow. still holy cow yeah, he's priced up wow and then the other thing I want to say is so when Adam and I'm sure you you dive in as well there's other things to look at that can help you find this you can look at uh, uh release points you can look at the plane the pitch comes in on. You can look at spin rate. You can look at what they call movement, um, which means how far um, out of the – think of that as variance on the path of the baseball, um, mm-hmm. you know, to the right, to the left, up, down, et cetera. So when you throw a fastball, I mean, it doesn't always go perfectly straight unless you're Nadia Valdi. But other people <laughs> will have movement on it, and that's because, you know, you threw it with the – you, you caught it with your fingernail or you, you know, you had your finger, different finger on one of the seams or you twisted your hand just slightly yeah, as it came out off your finger or you let, left the lead finger on a little bit longer. That's how baseball pitchers do, all, you know, they locate their pitch, but they're locating it three inches away from where you think it's going to be. And that's right. all the difference they need. So th- there is the data that you can go look at that. Adam will wade through all of that stuff and he'll, if there is something, he he can come in. And I'm sure you know how to do that, too. I don't ever go in and look at that because there's other people that do that better than I do. But there looks to yes. be like there might be something there. We may not want to take hitters against him as well. Right, right. It might not necessarily be a spot to target. I do like some of those Royals bats, but uh, not to any crazy degree where I'm going to have to be on them. They're not pulling extremely strong home run numbers. They're not pulling great projections for me. So there's a few guys in there. I might throw a couple stacks at them but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, it's a lineup that we want to target. Um, and yeah, I love getting into some of the, you know, the pitch mix stuff, the release point stuff, the spin rates. Uh, so it's something I've admittedly been a little lazy on because I've fallen back on guys like Adam on the strategy show over the last few years. So I'm going to have to start getting back into a little bit and making sure that I have that, uh, my fingertips for some of these guys, but uh, yeah, it's important stuff to look at, you know, how is, how often is he able to repeat that delivery, uh, that release point? and get that for the same pitches because then he can disguise pitches and you can gain a whole lot of ground off of that. So it'll be an interesting one to look into for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And we'll want to check that out. And then, uh, you know, reminder, you can definitely get behind the paywall here at Austin. We have a variety of promo codes. Uh, The half off one uh, just recently expired, but there will be others popping up. We are also giving away some free player projections on um, Instagram, and Facebook. So we're not giving the full list of players, but they're highlighting different players. And what you can do there on the Instagram page, which is at Osimo underscore CM, 
or uh, over at the Osmo Facebook page, if you comment on those posts where they're listing that, they're, they are saying, you basically, you just answer whatever question they have, and you're in a drawing to win one free week of Osmo Premium content. We're trying to drive some people over there. Um, nice. On a couple of these, there's only been, there's been less than a dozen answers, so but you've got a one, a one in 10 chance of getting a free week of Osmo. So go check that out uh, over there on the gram. <laughs> I, is that what I, the kids are calling it these days i don't know i i i, I mentioned i i do have a, a instagram account but i can't seem to log into it so <laughs> yeah you uh, mentioned i asked him mine is yeah. mine is for my dog only so uh oh yeah he checks it out every now and then he's got a couple dog friends that's about it all right all right um in any event let's uh, move on here now we're into uh that was our first seven o'clock game continuing through we have zach gallon and um well, what is his name brandon Bielak, who is sure, we'll go with Bielak. making his third appearance here for Houston. He has gone 40 pitches in his last outing. That was against the Angels, and he lasted two innings. He went 53 pitches uh, the time before that against Seattle. So I would say 50, 55 pitches seems like a reasonable baseline. He's 7,500. Mm, that doesn't yeah. feel great uh at all uh, he's kind of a five percenter maybe you're getting to him for some differentiation but um not your pitch per dollar isn't really there zach galen on the other hand or zach gallon on the other hand good pitcher but he's going against uh, houston he does have 15 strikeouts through his first two starts that's 10 innings he also has six walks only one in his last start but he did have five against san diego uh he is still a young pitcher kind of getting his sea legs anything you want to point out for either of these not uh, not particularly. I think you hit a lot of it. Uh, neither one of the Galen's a good strikeout pitcher, but there's some hitters in this lineup that are gonna probably exploit him on the walks a little bit and create some opportunities. You know, he might not give up home runs, but he's gonna probably have guys on base and a couple gappers. Could be one of those, you know, just a five run kind of a game. So might keep Houston down a little bit. I'm not entirely sure how much I'll target that stack. They're not looking as good as they normally do for me, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna be targeting Galen uh, Galen too much. He is only 8,200 on FanDuel, so you're getting a little bit of savings over some of the other top starters, but I don't have a great projection on him. Uh, Belak, definitely not somebody uh, for me. He's only 5,500 on FanDuel, but even with that differentiation, I just don't think we can expect much out of the kid. Uh, he's uh, 14 starts in the minors, and uh, I think it was AAA last year. Uh, minor league XFIP of 491. That's pretty bumpy. Uh, he was a 24% strikeout, 10% walk guy in the minor leagues. This does not look like a good spot for him. Um, I don't love the Diamondbacks lineup, but against a quad A pitcher, we'll call him, we'll be a little generous. I think they could get to him. So that's probably a stack I'll take a look at a little bit harder tomorrow. All right. Speaking of quad A pitchers, here he is. Tuki Toussaint <laughs> coming in. That's a, a great little segue there. He is going for the Braves against Toronto. 8,300 on DraftKings. I recommended him on Saturday, and here here was uh, when he pitched against the Mets. He was 7,300 on DK, and my thought was, I hope he gets 55 or 60 pitches. I hope he gets four or five strikeouts. I hope he only sees each batter no more than twice. It kind of worked out. He got to 60 pitches, and they sent him back out for another inning. He ended up surviving, but it was a little touch and go. He had ended up with three walks, did get his five strikeouts, uh, and the note here is 45 of his 74 pitches were for strikes, which is, is good, but not great still. But he does have the strikeout upside. The time before that, he went uh, against Tampa Bay, got his butt kicked. Six earned runs, uh, only went, or went 67 pitches, six strikeouts, though. So he's kind of the nuke Lelouch of what we're doing here. <laughs> there aren't as many bats as we really want to pay up for. There are some other okay pitchers, so I don't know that I what I want to do yet with 8,300. But I do want to call out, I'm not chasing after him. La the last slate was entirely different because it was literally garbage pitchers up and down the slate. So these these are slate-specific picks. So just in case anybody had seen either uh, of my shows or my content on that, I just want to call out, keep an eye on Tuki Toussaint. I'd rather have him at 6,300. Then I'd be saying, yeah, I'll roll him out about 10 or 15% of my lineups. Now it's like, well, we'll see how lineup construction works because the downside on this guy is huge. And at 8,300, I, I need 80, 85 pitches. I really do. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, basement kind of downside on that play at 8,300. Negative That's points are in play. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure they are. 
Um, you know, he, he's a good prospect. He's another one of those seemingly endless uh, Braves pitching prospects. They just, one goes down and they bring another one along. So he is a kid I think will turn into a good pitcher, uh, but probably needs a little bit more seasoning. Um, you know, I don't think he's entirely there yet. He's a mid-high 20s uh, strikeout percentage guy in the minors. Good, not great. Uh, you know, decent prospect, but I don't know how many innings we're getting out of him. I don't know if we can rely on it for that price tag. That's uh, a big question mark. I'm not, uh, I don't really trust that. On FanDuel, he's only 6,300. You actually nailed the price uh, that he is on the blue side. But again, he doesn't project out well. And if we're only getting four innings from him, something like that, it's not really a spot I want to get to. Even against these Blue Jays bats, there is a lot of strikeout upside in the in there, but there's some quality there. They're going to come around. Uh, I don't know what they've done so far tonight, but I like them today. I think they're going to come around a little bit for us. So I'm not worried about the Blue Jays yet, and I'm not targeting. All right, uh, Nate Pearson. That kind of feels uh, sort of like my my example. I don't really want to target him either, basically because it's against Atlanta. Uh, he's a righty. His uh, made his major league debut um, on the, what, last Thursday against Washington. He went five innings, seventy five pitches, five strikeouts, two walks. Just don't know enough about him, and I still respect the Atlanta lineup even without Ozzy Albies. We saw. I think Freeman was out on Wednesday night. Um, but you've got Freeman, you've got Matt Adams, you've got some lefties they can put in there. Yeah, Freeman and Adams particularly would be the two guys that uh, you know we're really going to have to dance through and avoid with uh, Pearson if we play him tomorrow. Um, the rest of the team, they get a lot of their power from the right side. I'm not entirely sure what his splits look like. It's somebody I'm going to dig into a little bit. He does have a 99-mile-an-hour heater that he was dealing with the other day, a wipeout slider. He's a tippy-top prospect for the Blue Jays. So he's a kid I'm interested in. Um, 7,500 on FanDuel doesn't project out great for me in this matchup. Um, so probably a guy I'm going to keep my eye on in future starts in better spots, but I'm going to dig around on him a little bit, see if I can justify making some small moves with him tomorrow, just to have him in a few lineups in case he does hit that upside more upside for this kid than the other one. All right. Two to go here. We've got Wade LeBlanc in camp. Why are they doing this? Oh, this is all part of the Marlins thing. So, okay, so I think this one is in Camden Yards, even though technically the Marlins are the home team. Oh, damn because it. Right. They're, right. they had to cancel that out. series, and they're trying to eliminate some travel and some other stuff, and because it was the Marlins that sat out, yada, yada, yada. In any event, this one is in Camden Yards. Yep. Um, still, Wade LeBlanc, an interesting pitcher to go against Miami's triple-A team. I don't even think it's their quad-A team with the number of people they put on the disabled list. They already had to play uh, – they did a doubleheader on Wednesday, right? God, these days are all blending Yeah, together. I think so. I think Oops. they have a doubleheader today, so two seven-inning games today, yeah. right? Yes, yep, yeah. that is correct. So, uh, again, who knows what's going on. But Wade LeBlanc, if we can get you know 70 pitches from him, uh, that, that would be uh, perfectly fine. He went 83 and 76 in his two starts. Never spectacular. We hope he doesn't get blown up. He has given up three home runs. Key thing is he doesn't have allow base runners. Uh, he gave up five total runs on those three home runs, uh, or five, has five total earned runs, three home runs. I don't, I don't know if they were solo shots or what. But he only has one walk through 11 innings, uh, and he only has eight hits allowed. So he's doing a relatively good job of of just letting the ball go in play. I don't mind that against this Marlins team. I'd like it better in Marlins Park. I'll accept it in Camden Yards for 6,600. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what the change in park when I flip that around does to his projection. I was getting a nice little projection when it was uh, with the uh, Miami Park factors. I expect it to come down a little bit in Camden, but it's a guy I still like. You know, He's not expensive, um, not a big strikeout guy by any means, of course, but he's going to limit opportunity. And against this team, that's really all that you need. Um, there's a couple big uh, righty bats. You've got like a Jesus Aguiar could get into him for a home run, uh, but not getting a crazy power number on him. Um, yeah, nobody that you're really afraid of in this lineup. Uh, only Sean Rodriguez in this lineup is projected for over a 200 ISO. Uh, Corey Dickerson is around a 190. Aguiar is around a 190. So not big power bats, not anybody to really be afraid of, and a fair amount of strikeouts. Um, so even a guy like LeBlanc, you could see him put up four or five, which might be enough. Uh, and for the cheap price tag, he's a guy who can help you get to bats. I like it better on the two-pitcher side, as always, but uh, he's a guy I'll probably work into some of my lineups on FanDuel, too, just to get uh, to capture some of that upside and, honestly, to be able to stack whatever I want bats-wise because he's only 6,600. All right. 
wait for the fun jokes to be around. We have Sterling Sharp. How many of you guys even remember Sterling Sharp, tight end, Shannon Sharp's brothers in the Hall of Fame? Uh, he is pitching. Well, not that Sterling Sharp anyway. <laughs> Uh, but Sterling Sharp is making what appears to be his major league debut here. Uh, he has, um, let's see, pitched two different seasons in college, and then he's college, been full, college or JUCO, uh, Eastern mm-hmm. Michigan and Madison. So the MAC, okay. and I don't know Madison the, might be a junior the Northwoods League. Uh, that's collegiate summer league. Sorry, okay. had to look that one up. Um, but then he's bounced around a lot with the the Nationals, actually, in their rookie, their low A, their high A, a little bit of double A. But for let's see, he has not pitched above double A. He has 118 innings in double A. The remainder, uh, so let's see, 200, we'll call it 250 innings in low A and upper A. Um, I don't know what to do with him. I don't. He's a starter, in theory. Um, I don't know what to do with him. He's five thousand dollars. That's all I've got. There's no other information out there. On him. That's, yeah, honestly, that's quite a bit more than I had because I had Eliza Hernandez starting in this spot. <laughs> so well, I see. Him. I had saw him too, but I don't know if he. Had, I didn't go see what games they. I, I honestly didn't have time hunter. to dig in. It he yeah. was the last one I was getting to because I didn't really care about the spot. Um, so he I went in the go. he went in the doubleheader the night okay. game. Okay, so so it's probably yeah. So it'll probably be Sterling Sharp, not that one. Um, so <laughs> based on what you said, maybe as a you know a little five percenter on a two pitcher site, yeah. Orioles not a ton of uh, offense here, but they do have a couple guys who can turn on a baseball every now and again. I love Austin Hayes at the top of that lineup. Santander can get into uh, get into a pitcher in there. Maybe we get that bizarre Chris Davis home run, but uh, the guy we're talking about, they do. They left here already. Yeah, we're due for Chris Davis. Uh, he is a righty. He's a righty. Okay, so, you know, we could get that uh, once every now and again. Chris Davis uh, pop his head out of the ground and uh, and whack one out, whack them all style. Um, just taking a quick peek at him on Brooks, it looks like he's a very low velo uh, sinker and changeup mix. 87-mile-an-hour sinker feature pitch and an 80-mile-an-hour change. Not exactly a crazy big arsenal there. So once they see this guy once, second time through the lineup, might be able to get to him. I'm not sure how much pitching we're expecting from him, but maybe it might make sense to poke around and roll a couple of Orioles stacks at him. Who knows? Spot we'll look into a little bit more and more. All right. Final one of the night. Gio Gonzalez in a remember me game going against Milwaukee. He's gone 77 pitches against KC, 70 against Minnesota. Minnesota tagged him for six earned runs. Kansas City didn't get anything off him. On the other side, we have Josh Lindblom, who is 50. 300 he had 64 pitches in his last outing five strikeouts three walks he is a slightly more polished Tuki Toussaint <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right it's not much better matchup going against the power laden Chicago White Sox with the addition of Yasmani Grandal and Edwin Encarnacion so, and Luis yeah. Robert and yeah, all those guys Aloy Jimenez <laughs> tough tough spot for sure tough tough spot uh, so it's Limbaum's a guy that I like, uh, you know, he was sneaky last time out. He was one of my higher projected pitchers, despite, uh, hadn't pitched in the league in two years. Just, I liked him coming over from the KBO while he was over there. He, uh, worked on, I believe it was his cutter and I'll double check that, but I think it's his cutter that he's throwing a lot more and it became a really effective pitch for him. It became more of a strikeout pitcher, wildly different league over there, but, uh, they parallel more to MLB than, uh, say the Japanese league does where the Japanese league is more of a slap hitting kind of a league. KBO is more of a power hitter, swing and miss kind of a league. They don't hit as many home runs, but they try to. Uh, so that's kind of the uh, the focus of them. So I expect him to be around like a 25% kind of a strikeout guy this year. I think we can get quality out of him. I don't know that this is the spot, though. 6,500 on FanDuel, I'll definitely throw some darts with him. Um, you can pick off some strikeouts against this this lineup. There are Those are available here. John Moncada is a 27% strikeout guy. Grandal's a 24, 25% strikeout guy. McCann, if he's in the lineup, is like 28. Um, so there are, Luis Robert is like a 25. So there are strikeouts available here. I think he can get the job done, but it's not a chance I'm going to take in any gigantic volume. It's not something I really want to get to. Uh, on the other side, Gio Gonzalez, uh, I think you put it pretty well there. It's a remember me kind of a uh, kind of a spot for him. Has done well limiting the home runs uh, over his career, 0.78 home run per nine. So could keep the Brewers' power down a little bit here. Um, but never a guy that I really love going to. Not a ton of strikeouts. 
allows too much opportunity. So it could be another one of those spots where we see a five-run game that's not really DFS relevant on the offensive side, but he doesn't put up a good start for you. Um, so I'll dig in a little bit on the Brewers tomorrow, see how much I want to get to them, see where they rank in the top stacks tool and uh, how the public's getting to them. Uh, but I'm not sure I want either side of that one tomorrow. How old do you think Gio Gonzalez is? 33. Oh, 34. Pretty good. Okay. All right. I'll take that. Were you thinking younger or older? Uh, I thought my, maybe a year older. How many, how many years has he played, do you think? Eight. Thirteen. Thirteen? <laughs> Jeez. I was trying to undercut it because I thought you were asking because it was low for his age. No, he it's kind of high, actually, because he had yeah, four, that is high. four years with Oakland. Right. And then he that. had six and a half with the Nationals, then transferred, or I think they might have even released I forget if it was they released him or it was a, a deadline trade where they got a bag of baseballs or something one of the years. Yeah, I they think were it was out. that. I don't remember what, though. Yeah. Okay, then, so it was a longer stint with the Nats than I thought. I was thinking three, four years-ish with the Nats. Oh, and he took the ball every five days. 32 starts, 32 starts, yeah. 27, 31, 32, 32, 27, then made five more that year for Milwaukee. <laughs> Last yeah. year, a little, uh, he wasn't they didn't i don't think milwaukee even signed him last last year at the first part of the season he was just hanging out if i remember correctly and then he came on partway through the season because he was one of those guys along with not that he was a great guy but there was just people that they weren't signing um, yeah I'm, I'm blanking on the the reliever and there was a couple other hitters yeah there were there were a few guys last year yeah, those uh, those were the better guys but he was one of the guys where it's like <laughs> how is he not on? he's a legitimate four number three starter you can put him in some leverage situations it can be a little scary i don't want to count on him all the time but he's a 3.7 career era across you know almost 2,000 innings that's right. still relatively solid <laughs> I don't... right and, and for a team like say the royals or somebody like that yeah. you know that wasn't really going anywhere last year just an innings eater a guy you can stick in the rotation and expect 30 some odd starts from so, so yeah surprising to see guys like that uh, you know go on sign for a while anyway there we are there we are all right that'll do it for us uh reminder you do have the dfs strategy show in the morning it will be terry and josh engelman we will have a couple nba shows we'll have definitely live before lock mlb stay tuned because uh, we'll have to see where we feather in these different shows because of that weird six o'clock fan duel start time we may just go with the uh, targeting a seven o'clock start with the shows we're gonna have to see where the main baseball slates are as well there is a lot of moving parts with all of the sports back but hey that's a good problem to have after the last four months for sure Oh, man. Nice change. Nice All change right. With that, gamers, good luck.